I spent the last 10 years teaching corporate America leadership and teamwork. Now, I've left my 9 to 5 job to help as many people as possible become leaders in their work and personal lives. Some say leaders are born, but I say they're built. This podcast is the beginning of my mission to create change on a massive scale. Join me and follow along as we explore leadership, teamwork, and growth together. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is Lead with Impact. Hi there, this is Brian, and I am happy to have you with me today. Thank you so much. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, but very meaningful. We'll be talking to Cedric Bertelli. Cedric is the founder and director of the Emotional Health Institute. He is of French origin and has lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for over 10 years. He has been training in something called Emotional Resolution since 2009 in France and 2011 in the U.S. And he currently works with clients individually and trains mental health professionals leaders, and educators across the U.S. And I think his message is really meaningful for anybody who wants to make an impact, wants to achieve things, but sometimes lets emotions get in the way. And I know that applies to me and a lot of the people that I work with. So if it applies to you at all, I think you're going to enjoy this episode and get a lot from it. So let's meet Cedric Bertelli. And we are fortunate today to be joined by Cedric Bertelli of the Emotional Health Institute. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cedric. Thank you very much, Brian, for having me on the show. It's good to be here. I'd like to just start with you telling me and our audience about how you help people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, my, my job is um, as two, uh, two sides, I would say. The first side is I receive clients to help them resolve their emotional difficulties. By emotional difficulties, I mean any kind of difficult emotional pattern, such as anxiety, anger, lack of self-confidence, you name it, you know. So that's the first side of my job. I receive clients on -on one-on-one to help them resolve their difficulties, their emotional difficulty. And the second side of my job is to teach how um, to do that to therapists, to doctors, nurses, educators. So teaching healthcare professionals or HR professionals how to resolve emotional patterns, disruptive emotional patterns with their clients, their patients, or their coworkers. And why is that valuable, Cedric? Why, why do we need this? Well, because you know, we, um, some of us, most of us spend our life to deal with our emotional blockages. And it can be, uh, Uh, It can be at home, it can be at work, it can be in many facets of our life. Uh, We are only as efficient, we are only as big, so to speak, as our fears allow us to be. Uh, my My work is pragmatically to resolve those fears. You know, we always talk about hustling and courage and pushing our boundaries, pushing our limits. Yes, sure, it's what society is telling us, but that's that's exhausting. And I truly believe that that's not the way we should live. I mean, our fears, the fear that we are we are facing on a daily basis, 
or through our life are not necessary. You know, once we, once we start to understand a little bit the brain and demystifying the emotions, our emotional difficulties, we can quickly understand that the brain can actually resolve once and for all those fears that allow us to live from a peaceful, powerful place instead of always trying to push ourselves to be better. That's fascinating. I loved all of that. And I really resonated with, I think you said, we're only as efficient as our fears allow us to be. Is that right? Yes, correct. Absolutely. So it sounds like, first of all, I love that. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Hopefully that's okay. Because that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. And it sounds to me what you're telling me is a lot of our difficult emotional patterns are tied to fear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's very clear. Every single one of our um, behaviors, you know, of our blockages at the root of them is a fear. You know, the, the, um, the reaction, the emotional reaction or the blockage is only um, a consequence of a fear. Why are we getting angry or frustrated? Well, because we either way try to expose a lot of tension that we have in our body or we're trying to... Uh, make the person ahead of us, in front of us, afraid, so they leave us alone. All those behaviors that we have, uh, people call it, you know, fight, flight, freeze, etc. the blockages that we see coming up again and again in our life, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. We are facing those blockages again and again and again because they're based on our own fears. Absolutely. Resolve the fear and automatically the blockages will fade away. It's amazing. So I want to come back to that, and I'd like to dig into that a little bit more, but let me do sure. a slight detour. Can you tell us how you got to this place? Uh, what was your journey to getting to this place where you are sharing this knowledge with us today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the podcast is called, it's called uh, Lead with Impact, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, a lot of, a lot of um, I mean, the one, one of the main reasons why I shift career is because I was trying to lead with impact. Before doing this work with emotional resolution, I was a director of restaurants for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel companies. Right. So I was managing the front of the house and doing openings for the companies uh, in the US and I did some work in, in Portugal as well. Anyway, but throughout my career in hospitality business, I was always struggling to one, feel good, in my skin, I was a very anxious person with a lot of anger toward others, yes, but a lot toward myself as well. And I was trying to be a great leader, you know. And in order to do that, to be well, to be good in my skin and to, uh, and to be a good leader, I did a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. We all do that, you know, uh, workshops, trainings. I put myself to psychotherapy, et cetera, et cetera. And what I noticed is everything I was learning, yes, was efficient. Yes, they were giving me tools to improve myself and to be a better leader. But everything that I was learning was requiring a lot of work, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of control. And in my mind, it was obvious and it was, it must have been an easier way. It must have been out there a, a way to integrate the knowledge 
integrate a way to be and not have constantly work on it. And in my, in my, in my search, so to speak, in my quest, you could say, um, I found back in the day a program in France, where I'm from, um, called, it was called TP at the time. And they were, they were starting this idea, they were starting this program and saying that in 30 minutes, anybody can resolve any kind of emotional difficulty. So I became quite curious and I did some work with a guy from France. I was in the US, in California, and I did a session with, uh, with a French guy on resolving a specific emotion that I was facing every single day, a specific anger that I was facing toward a coworker. Well, the emotion that I worked on with the guy did not come back. Meaning like after this one session, I didn't have to control it. I didn't have to fake it. The emotion did not come back. So I became very interested in this program and I basically learned to resolve my own emotions on myself. Everybody can do that. Everybody can self-resolve an emotion. So does that work with all different types of emotions? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a, a, a very high emotion. You know, when we talk about emotional difficulty, most of us, we think about the big anger, the big anxiety, uh, the big uh, stress. I mean, the small emotions that we're de- dealing with in our daily basis, the small emotions are really the cancer of our lives. Van Gogh, the painter said, our small emotions are the captains of our life. And that's true. Most of the smallest emotions drive our life more than the higher one. So yeah, it works for any kind of emotional difficulty, any kind of emotions, as long as we're willing to look at our patterns, of course. It's remarkable. So you went and got this training, and then how did you decide this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, good question. Well, I, uh, I took the training here. I was in California, in San Francisco, and I took the training online, basically, to how to resolve my own stuff. And I had four main emotions at the time that I didn't want to feel anymore, things that were really polluting my life. I worked them out, and I gave myself six months to see if those emotions were coming back up. Nothing came back. So at this point, I took the decision to connect with the program in France and to ask if they will train me, even if I didn't know anything about this. They accepted, so I quit my job up in uh, San Francisco at the Ritz, and I went to study with them for two years. And I became, I became what you call a practitioner, which is I learned to resolve emotional difficulties with others. I came back in 2011 in the US, and I started to do that with clients here, and I started to teach this work. 2012, I created, I founded the Emotional Health Institute with a doctor from France and a professor from Germany. And we started to develop trainings and, uh, and teach therapists, doctors, etc., to do this work with, uh, with the patients, the clients, and, and people in general. That's, uh, that's terrific, quite the journey. So do you, how does that feel, going away from that very corporate job you told me, working in leadership, a prestigious job it sounds like, but still doing something, moving to something of even as high, if not higher value, but in a different vein. How does that feel? Well, uh, at first, to tell you the truth, the, during the, I'll say, couple of first year after I quit my job, my ego had a, had a, had a hard time to adapt, <laughs> you know, 
you you you, you know uh, things change the way that uh, people looked at me even in my family even in my friends you know people didn't understand this change right. you know as you say how, how do you let go of a career to do something completely different without knowing if it's going to work and, and uh, so at first my ego got a little chip but very quickly you know working with people seeing the result uh, on others, on myself, it became an evidence that it was the right path for me. It was the right path for, well, I don't know if it's going to be for the rest of my life, but nowadays I really think so. I've been doing that for 10 years and I don't get tired. If anything, I get more passionate about it, you know, every day. What is emotional resolution? I, I've heard you mention that and also saw that listed a little bit in your work. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, absolutely. Emotional resolution is, is um, a process, a process that allows the brain to literally resolve emotional patterns, resolve disruptive emotional pattern. So it's a process that has been crafted on the understanding on how the brain constructs emotions. And so how the brain can deconstruct or unconstruct emotion naturally. Uh, basically, it's the understanding that um, the brain creates a disruptive emotional response based on a past event. And understanding that every emotional response that we have today is based on a wrong or an outdated prediction from the brain. Emotional resolution allows the brain to instantly and permanently update an outdated prediction from the brain. Can you explain that a little bit? What, yeah, how long or outdated prediction from the brain is causing us trouble? Yeah, absolutely. I love to do that. Well, we, we got to understand that one of the main functions of the brain is to predict. It, we do not react to life event as human beings. We predict based on past experiences. If we are reacting to life, we belong dead. You know, mm. we predict based on past experiences we learn from. For example, before you uh, bite an apple, you know already how the apple is going to taste like. Even if we think about biting an apple or a lemon, if we really think about it, we have the whole process in our body starting even without having an apple in our hand. We know the taste, the saliva gland is, are going to, uh, to start doing their work. The stomach is going to start uh, to, be, uh, to be triggered. That's the way we work. When it comes down to emotion, it is exactly the same process. What we understand today is that in order for us to have a disruptive emotional pattern, such as anxiety, such as blockages, etc., etc., Two elements are at the base or can be at the base of those patterns. The first element is, or can, that can be at the base of the pattern, will be an unwilling short loss of consciousness. Basically a moment when we lost consciousness without wanting it. So that doesn't happen very often in life. It can happen during an accident. It can happen, uh, I don't know, uh, during a concussion, etc., etc. It happens, however, very often during the birth process. As we were born, as we go for birth, it is very common for us as babies to lose consciousness. That will impact us emotionally for the rest of our life. Another 
elements that can create a pattern is a very high stress, what we call usually a trauma. When we have a trauma, when we have a very high stress, what is happening is that the conscious mind, the cognitive brain, disconnect because of the high level of stress in our body. Exactly in the same way, then it will disconnect during a loss of consciousness. Mm. Now, what we call trauma, you and I, we're thinking about, okay, uh, uh, maybe a rape, uh, an accident, etc., etc. Now, we have to go back way back when. What we consider a trauma today, a baby of one day old, a week old, two years old, you know, a traumatic event is very different for a two years old than for us. So we go through our life living a lot of those very intense stresses and not so much remembering them. However, they stay in us. You see, the way it's happening is when we have a very intense stress, the cognitive brain disconnect in a short disassociation. We call that a short disassociation. However, the subconscious brain record everything. During this traumatic event, the, the conscious brain disconnect, the subconscious brain record absolutely everything happening during this moment of high stress. The subconscious brain is gonna record what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel outside, and also what is happening within your body, inside of you, during this very intense stress. The physical sensations felt during this intense stress. Those physical sensations in neuroscience, we call that interoception. Hmm. So after this, this traumatic event, this very intense stress, okay, we, we move on. We go on in life and we have our life as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. Well, now, as we move on in life, when our subconscious brain recognizes or capture one element that was present during one of those traumatic events, it can be a smell, it can be a touch, it can be a situation, it can be a taste, it can be something that it sees. When the subconscious brain recognizes one of the elements present during one of those intense stresses, it's going to predict automatically what physical sensations you're going to feel in your body and regenerate those physical sensations. The way that we know that we feel an emotion or a blockage as human beings, it, well, let me ask you, how do you know that you're angry, for example? I guess you start to feel the physical sensations of it. Your heart rate starts to go up. You can just, uh, you can feel the muscles start to be tense. Uh, I, I guess that's yeah. how I would describe it. That's absolutely correct, Brian. The way that we know that we feel an emotion is because we're having a physiological response first. The way that emotions start in our body is we first feel physical sensations, and when the cognitive brain cannot shut them down right away, and the physical sensations continue, that's when we feel an emotion. Those physical sensations that let us know that we're blocked, that we're afraid, that we're angry, that we're anxious, is a prediction generated by the subconscious brain based on what it sees being a stimulus. Now, nowadays as a man, 
For example, what the subconscious brain recognizes as a stimulus isn't a stimulus anymore. It is a prediction based on a past experience, a prediction that was never been able to be updated. How do we resolve an emotional difficulty? It's extremely simple, actually. When you feel an emotion, when we feel an emotion, a blockage, a fear, anything, when the emotion is in us, everything is triggered in the brain to resolve it. And how to do that? By simply, as we feel an emotion, making sure that we're in a space we can close our eyes. It's really important because it shows your subconscious brain that you're safe. You need to feel comfortable to close your eyes. And to pay attention, to pay, to pay full attention to the physical sensations that are present in your body during this emotion. Paying full attention to your interoception. And at this point, to not act on the emotion or to not try to control your physical sensation. You've got to pay attention to those physical sensations and observe those physical sensations as they finish to do a process in our body. Very quickly, within a, within a matter of a minute, those physical sensations will stop and your body is going to feel quiet. Instantly, the wrong prediction of your brain will be updated. Why? Because as you feel an emotion and you're able to stay consciously with those physical sensations until the sensations are done evolving in your body, your subconscious brain notice that to observe those physical sensations from a current and safe place allow you to uh, take this stimulus that used to be uh, seen as a danger and get your brain to recognize and you can today from a current perspective face this stimulus and not being impacted whatsoever, physically or psychologically. What was seen, what was um, recognized by our brain as a danger based on a very old experience is nowadays obsolete. You can say, go ahead. I was gonna say it's fascinating. So if I got it right, I'm keeping notes here. I got five steps from what you told me. Close your eyes, pay full attention to your physical sensations, don't act on it or try to control it. The physical physical sensations will stop and the way your brain predicts will be updated. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct, yes. And and let's be pre, uh, let's be precise so your listeners can, can try it and experience it. Once you feel an emotion, it's when you feel the emotion that it's it's open, right? Everything is wired in the brain at that moment to resolve what is felt. So as you feel the emotion, close your eyes, make sure that you feel comfortable to close your eyes. If you're in a meeting in the boardroom, chances are you're gonna have to step out of the meeting because you're not gonna be able to close your eyes in front of your boss or your coworkers and feeling okay about it. Right. <laughs> you know, so if you, if you decide to make your emotional health a priority so you can be fully efficient and fully present during meetings, for example, well, you're gonna have for one of this meeting to step away and take care of yourself. 
Well, it seems to me, A, it could help with your emotional health, which is obviously supremely important, but also can help if we're talking about a work and leadership session or leadership uh, view of things, it can help you to react more appropriately instead of being led by your emotions to overreact at times. You're absolutely right. I mean, when we have an emotion, when we, let's say I'm in a meeting and I'm anxious, I'm stressed, I'm in an interview, I am not present either way for my interviewer and I'm not present to, to have access to all my cognitive power. You know, when we are a leader, if we have a meeting or we sit down with an employee and we address an audience or one employee, even if we try to look cool and, and put together, but if the emotion is active in us, the anxiety or the fear or the stress or the anger, if it's active in us, even if we don't show it, the audience or the person in front of us will definitely sense it. And we lose half of our power. We lose, we lose half of the message that we want to convey to the audience or the employee. I mean, I experienced it first person. You know, after starting to do this work on, of self-resolving and keep on working at the Ritz, I mean, I saw the same employees to who I was talking and trying to share information and they were not able to hear me. They were, for example, doing the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, of course, because every time I was sitting down with them, I was boiling inside. Right. After doing few resolutions and taking care of my own stuff, taking the same employees, using the same words, but being able to be really calm and really connected to them, the conversation we had we are so much more impactful than have been that have been the years or four years, I would say. So in leadership, being at peace, being grounded, really, and not faking it, like I used to do, mm-hmm. is really so impactful. Absolutely, that's phenomenal, and I mean, what an incredible tool. When people come to you, what problems are they looking for help with the most generally? I know probably it's not easy to specify that. A lot of people that come to see me is, well, there's, um, I would say, well, for me, main thing, there's PTSD, mm. there is anxiety, and anger is a big one as well. Well, when somebody comes to, with a, a pattern they want to resolve, I'm, when I work with clients, I'm not getting paid per session. I'm getting paid for the resolution of the pattern. That means that it doesn't matter if I work with them once, twice, or three times, they only pay once no matter what for the resolution of the problem they came to see me. The way that our work will impact them is that the pattern that used to make them suffer or that used to block them will be resolved. It's amazing. So if you were to sum up one lesson or one message that you would like a listener to take away from this interview, what would you say to them? I will say that the first step is to recognize our behaviors and recognize that a lot of our behaviors 
are not taken by us out of trait of personality, but a lot of our behaviors are based on our fears. Now, it doesn't matter why we're having a fear inside of us or an anxiety or a lack of self-confidence. It doesn't matter why we have it, if it's because of our childhood, if it's because of, I don't know, the way we got treated, of other employees, it doesn't matter because once you recognize that your pattern, your fear is yours, now you can be in charge of changing it. So I would say is do not take any emotion for granted. If you recognize that you're having an emotional difficulty or that you're having blockages that come back in your life, recognize it, own it, because from the moment you own it, you can change it. Any emotion that you recognize and own can be changed forever. It's not magical. It is not woo-woo. It is a neuroscientific fact. And we can help you to do that. We can teach you how to do that. Or we can help you to um, to do a session if that's what you want. That's remarkable. I love it. So if somebody out there wants to learn more, how can they find you online? How can they get in touch with you? The best way is uh, to go to my website. It is cedricbertelli.com. It's C-E-D-R-I-C-B-E-R-T-E-L-L-I.com. Perfect. So CedricBertelli.com. We'll put that in the show notes too if people want to find that link there. And I like to close with a couple of philosophical questions. If you yeah. could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell your younger self? I would say, I would tell him, don't be afraid to change career. Mm. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. It's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be all right because, uh, when it was time to change career, it was, you know, big changes takes a lot of energy and a lot of will. And, and, and I freaked out, I freaked out and, uh, it caused me to, you know, to, uh, much to be difficult for people around me and things like that. So it will be like, okay, if you feel like it's your passion, if you feel that's the right thing, it might be challenging, but you're going to be all right. Go for it. You know, trust in yourself. Yeah. So powerful. And what does the future hold for Cedric? Well, uh, for me, the future is through the Emotional Health Institute. And there is a website as well for that, emotionalhealthinstitute.org. It'll be up by June 15. We're redoing it now. And the future is to bring this awareness, this knowledge to the greatest, the, the, the most people possible in the U.S. and beyond. So for me, it has to be this knowledge has to be a common knowledge for for the lay people. You know, people have no reason to live a lifetime with carrying PTSD, anxiety or anger. There's no reason we're not meant for that as human being. Our default emotional state is contentment. So that's going to be that's my mission to to provide this knowledge and to provide the tools, the natural tools to the people to, to be in charge of their emotional health, to be better. That's phenomenal. And I've, I've got a bunch more questions for you, but we'll maybe hold those for another podcast. Uh, let's sure. wrap this up. And, uh, you know, if it works out, I'd love to talk to you again, because it sounds like you have even more that you could share. 
Yeah, I would love to talk to you more again. Absolutely. We, we can have a conversation. And, uh, and uh, yes, anytime you want, Brian. It's a pleasure, of course. Perfect. Well, Cedric, I want to thank you for being here with us today. I've gained a lot of value from it, and I know our audience has as well. Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure to share. And um, until next time, thank you for the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cedric Bertelli as much as I did. I have to tell you, I got a lot out of it. One of my favorite parts was when Cedric said, we are only as efficient and big as our fears allow us to be. And then how we really applied that to leadership too. Thought that was fascinating and something that we can take and put to use right away. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you so much for listening. If you could take a moment to subscribe, like, rate, review, all that stuff on your favorite podcast carrier, that would mean a lot. In the meantime, thank you for your time, and I look forward to talking to you again. Go out there, lead with impact, and have a great day.